Good morning. So we're, we're in a, just a brief season of looking at how do we be intentional in our relationships. It, I would imagine that a lot of the relationships that we already have with one another really emulate some of the relationships that we're already talking about. It's not going to be new for some, and it, it's, it might be new for some, but what we're wanting to do is to be intentional in the way that we are with one another. We think that each person here is so valuable that we don't want to miss the opportunities that we have to speak into and be in one another's lives. Last week, we talked about Luke, who is very happy um, to be a Barnabas. And so that simply just means how do we, in our, in our peer group, in our friends, how do we be, and Barnabas means an encourager. How do we encourage one another? And, and like I said, I think a lot of us do this naturally, but what we're looking at, what we value, is we don't want uh, that to go by the wayside, that we, we know that we're filled with purpose, so we want to be filled with purpose in everything that we do. We want to be intentional with our relationships. And so uh, Luke represented the Barnabas. We just, Aaron, they made this in the youth when they're giving that to them, so I think it's such a great picture. And today, we're going to talk about Aaron, who's also really happy. All these guys seem pretty happy, actually. There's, there's some fun times in youth. But we're going to talk about Aaron, and Aaron is going to represent um, a Paul, a Paul figure. And so one of the things that we've looked at is there's, there's certain types of relationships that we have with one another, and we're trying to just be as intentional as we can with those different types of relationships and hopefully give a couple of tools in the tool belt, um, and I'm sure you have many tools already in there. But what we're talking about this morning, and, and Paul, to get away from, from the specifics of them, if that's confusing, is each of them represent different types of relationships, and they're all from the early church. So we're looking at, hey, when the church first started, what kind of relationships existed between the different kinds of people? And a Barnabas was an encourager. He was the peer group. The Paul is more like a mentor figure or a father figure in the faith. So we're looking this morning, and, and if you go back to the, the first slide, Johan, and you can leave it there, is, is we're talking about pursuing a Paul. And, and these things we hope are culture builders in, in, uh, amongst us that when we're saying be a Barnabas, you're looking how can you be an encourager to those around you and near you. When we're saying pursue a Paul, it's so important that we want to give permission for you to seek out people that you can connect with that have maybe been where you want to go. And so I think that's just one of the things that oftentimes I've spoken with a whole lot of people and, and they've said, hey, I would, I would love to maybe come alongside this person, but they find it hard how to bridge the gap of saying, how, how do I kind of come over and say, hey, would you like to spend some time? And I can, you know, it's just there's this awkward kind of exchange. But what we want to do is we want to give permission to, to have a culture of, of mentoring in this place and have a culture of connecting with people. Um, and one of the ways I've, I was going to go to later, but it's if somebody has done something, they've become something um, that you would like to do, then go and go and if there's if they are something that you would like to become or if they've done something you would like to do, go and connect with that person. And I'm going to qualify this right from the start that immediately when we think of mentors sometimes, I mean, we can think of all maybe unhealthy mentors and all sorts of different kinds of things in the past. Um, but. Nobody can be everything. Uh, that's what Jesus is for. He's the one that ultimately supplies all these things. But I don't think that there's a perfect mentor out there. I don't think that anybody knows it all. But one of the things I want to encourage right off the bat is there might be somebody that, 
has done something very specific that you really appreciate and honor, and you want to go spend time with that person for that reason alone. And that's the thing. Let's, let's expand our version of it. So if we're saying pursue a Paul, we're not saying this person now becomes your boss and, you know, that you report to them at 8 a.m. in the morning. And this is just, you see something in that person that you would, you would like to, to pick their brain or to see what they're at. And we're going to talk about some of the benefits possibly of having those kinds of people in your life that have gone there before, that have done what you're doing. Um, and, and I've mentioned before, there's, I've got a number of different folks that I reach out to. Um, but I try and choose even different categories to some degree. I've got a buddy in the States who's just a phenomenal worship leader. And so all of my worship questions and all of those kinds of things, I go to him and say, hey, what do you think about this? Where are you at with this? Um, and so there's, I just want to encourage to broaden our perspective that when we're saying pursuing a Paul, we're not saying choose one person that's going to be your everything. We're saying find people in our midst because there's some very talented, very, very attractive people in this congregation that you want to reach out to and find it. Do they have something that they've done? We have a plethora of wisdom, knowledge, and experience here, and we want to encourage a culture of reaching out to one another that we talked about last week that you do have something to give. And so it's more of a permission-giving kind of thing. But as always, I like to start off with a story. Um, when I was thinking about mentoring and, and kind of what it's like to be a mentor and maybe some of the benefits of, of what having a Paul in your life looks like, um, so I, I've, I've moved a whole lot in my life. Has anybody moved recently? Do you enjoy moving? Who enjoys moving? Physically moving house. Does anybody enjoy moving? I enjoy moving for whatever reason. I've, I've done it so much. My mom would often buy a house and then she would fix it up a little bit and then we would move on quite quickly afterwards because she would sell it for a little bit of a, a little bit more than what we bought it for. And so that was one of the ways that we kind of progressed through and um, so I was really used to moving, and then um, when you're a university student, you just happen to move a lot. But there's something about tearing down, you know, like a house, packing it up, and then setting it up again that is really satisfying for me that you just, you said, so if you need help moving, let me know. Um, probably going to get a lot more calls than I'd like. Um, but Matt, Matt, my brother and I were moving, and he's back in the States now. But we were moving... Um, I think it was it was my stuff into a new house possibly one time. And we'd come to the end of moving everything. And um, the last thing that we had to move was uh, my queen-size bed. And um, the problem is we'd, we'd moved everything without the need of getting a U-Haul or anything like that. We didn't need a truck. And so we were, we were at the very end. We we're kind of tired. Um, and so we, we had this bed to move, but we, we didn't have anything big enough to carry it. And we didn't have, we didn't have rope or we didn't have anything to uh, even bring it with the car that we did have. So we decided it would be a really good idea for us to just put it on the roof of our car, even though it was far bigger than our car. And if we kind of stood up in the seat a little bit, we could reach up. And we could hold it down with our hand. Um, and so we put the box spring underneath because the box spring, we were thinking men, we knew that that shouldn't go on top because it was too light. And so we put the mattress on top of the box spring and we could reach the top barely. And so we said, we've got something here. And so we put that mattress on the car and my wife was with us and she wasn't saying a lot. Um, and so my brother and I, we were pretty pleased with ourselves. I'm not going to lie. And so we got, we got in the car and we started driving and it was the last thing that we needed to do. And we noticed really quickly 
that there was airlift happening quite, quite significantly. So we could only go at about 15 miles an hour down the road. And so, um, we also realized really quickly that our arms started to get far too tired. And what, what seemed like it wasn't too hard with the airlift and us having, like, I, I think literally by the end of it, I'd almost broken my knuckles from holding on so tightly. We got a, probably a quarter of the way to, uh, my, my house and, um, there was a police car behind us. And so we pulled over slower than you could possibly imagine. They weren't pulling us over. And we, 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 we all of a sudden found that we had some business in the store that was right there. And so we pulled over very slowly and we got out of the car very slowly and just kind of walked. <laughs> we just kind of walked over there and the cop, he didn't care. He, he wasn't even looking at us. We were looking at him because we, we were second guessing our, um, our moving experience at this point. And so, we finally made it home. It took us way too long. And, and by the end of the time when we got home, my arm hurt so bad. I still think I might have a cramp. And this was like a couple years ago. My fingers were the thing where I felt it the most. They hurt so bad. Um, needless to say, we didn't have a mentor in this experience. And even more obviously, we probably really could have used one um, on our journey. But the point is this. I think that we can get through life and I think that we can successfully achieve tasks and I think we can, we can get through okay without this kind of a role in our lives, without a Paul in our lives. But I think to be effective in what God has called us to do, we need to pursue some Pauls in our life so that we're able to do and have some of the things that we need to do in our lives. So pursuing a Paul is what we're talking about. And I'll go back to the story a little bit later and, and talk about it. But one of the things, there was three things from the story that stuck, stuck out to me that I think also happened with mentors. And they're just, they're very brief. The first one is that without a mentor, oftentimes you're probably going to have to stop along the way unnecessarily. And you're going to stop dead in your tracks where you're going. When the police officer comes, you pull over really quietly and slowly and and not only are you going to stop, we had to go so slow. And we're going 50 miles per hour and sometimes a 45-mile-per-hour zone. We had our hazard lights on. Um, I'm sure we got some smiles from people. It was also really, really dangerous what we were doing. It was really dangerous. And um, I'm not even going to tell you the story where the Christmas tree fell off my roof. Um, Angie doesn't have a lot of faith in my moving ability, even though I enjoy moving things. But... It's, it can be dangerous. We can do things that otherwise a mentor or somebody that has gone there before us will be able to help us in on how to do that thing. And the last thing is I was exhausted afterwards and somewhat injured. My hand was hurting. I was cramped in my arm. If you, if you have somebody that's gone there before, they're going to help you out um, with, with what it was. We had a, a, a store just down the road from us. We could have gone and bought some rope. And I, I just sometimes the thinking process isn't there. But you can get like, you can get through life without a mentor and, and this figure of somebody who's been there before. But I think we weren't designed to live life alone. Amen? And one of the things that we want to get over is the hurdle 
and maybe the semi-awkwardness of getting involved in one another's lives. We want to create a culture, a permission-giving culture that we can speak into one another's lives. And so that when you go to pursue a Paul, you want to go and look up somebody that you see, you have gone somewhere where I want to go. There's already this culture established that that's, we want to speak into one another's lives. And we want to be effective in what God has called us to. So I've got three things this morning um, that I think possibly a mentor can bring into your life. And I think these things are reminiscent of um, things that we don't maybe know that we need, but once you have them, they're really, really important. Um, the first one is this. I think the first thing a mentor brings into our lives is affirmation, is affirmation. And I'm going to pull a bunch of stuff from First uh, and Second Timothy because this, these are a bunch of instructions from Paul to to Timothy, and he's these are things that Paul is instructing Timothy in, and so they give us a lot of insight into what we're looking at. So the first thing a mentor brings to your life is affirmation. But First Timothy one eighteen says this: This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. I think one of the things that uh, a mentor figure in your life can do is they can affirm the call of God on your life. I don't know about you, but I know that a whole lot of times I'm second-guessing myself in a lot of different ways. God, did you really say that about me? Well, when you said that, did you really mean like maybe that I would probably do this instead or or maybe it actually looks like this? But I love what Paul is doing here in the role of Timothy. He's saying, I'm in charging you with this task to follow up with the prophecies made about you. He's reminding Timothy of who God called him to be and who God promised that Timothy would be in his life. It's It's one thing to be able to kind of encourage yourself, but it's a whole nother thing when somebody that has been there before is able to affirm the call of God on your life. You've, you, may, you maybe got a prophetic word or you really felt God spoke something to you. As humans, we weren't designed to live life by ourselves. We need someone else to affirm those kinds of things in our lives. Pursuing a Paul, the first thing is affirmation. And not only this, in this passage of scripture, I love this, it's not just affirmation of who you were called to be, but I think a good mentor, a good Paul figure can give you some insight as to why God has given you the things that he's given you. He says this, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, he's reminding about who he is, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith in a good conscience, good, good conscience. They can affirm why he made us that way in the first place. It's so, I, I see other people's giftings and, and this is, I don't want to go into a message on comparison, but it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to one another. And we, when we see we've been called to be this and we see somebody that's kind of like that and we wonder why don't we have the giftings that they do and why don't we have the platform that they maybe do and we've got this problem and this problem. But I think one of the things that a mentor figure does in our lives is he reminds us, he or she reminds us of why the things that God has put in our lives were put into our lives. So what is, what is Paul reminding Timothy of here? Hey, you've had these prophecies said about you. Don't forget who God's called you to be. But not, he didn't just stop there, but he said, but by them you may wage the good warfare. The giftings that God has given you are for you to use to get where you need to go. 
So it's not just that you have gifts so that you feel really great. Affirmation is not just so that we feel good and we stop there. But the affirmation is in regards, you do have those gifts. Now go and use them. Those gifts are going to be the thing that will get you through, that will push you through. The first thing a mentor brings into your life is this thing called affirmation. They're going to affirm what God has called over your life. And they're going to be able to speak some life into you in regards to how to use some of those gifts. And that's why, again, I go back to what we said at the very start. When we're saying pursuing a Paul, find people that you have, that have gone somewhere that you want to go. Find people, and it's not just all about doing things. Find people who have become what you would like to become. Start picking their brain, and they'll be able to, if they've gone down the road before, they'll be able to give you a lot of insight as to your specific calling, if there's some similarities, and also some tools on how that calling will be able to flesh itself out. I think even when we say the term calling or we say the term purpose, that can be ambiguous for a lot of us. I think this is a great starting point to even try and start discover what that is on your life is to get with some folks that have been there before so you can start fleshing it out. Because you might have an idea up here of what it looks like. And as soon as you start to pick some folks' brain, it might become very, very clear. Again, we haven't been designed to live life alone. And if we stay in isolation, if we don't cut through to a deeper level, we're not going to be as effective as we need to be and what we're called to be in the body of Christ. Philippians 2.19 says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that so that I too may be cheered by news of you. And listen to this. I, I think this is one of the most powerful statements. For I have no one like him. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your wel- welfare. We need people around us that can say, I know no one like him. I know no one like her. Someone that knows the uniqueness of who God created you to be. What a powerful statement. In a world that is so big today, we need people around us that say, I have no one like him. This person is so valuable in this regard. What affirmation. In a world where oftentimes we're looking for acceptance and to be needed, what the ultimate statement, I have no one like him. And I think one of the first things that a Paul brings is affirmation. A Paul in your life, if you start to build relationship, and we, we talked about last week the importance of time and trust in any relationship. We want to get involved in people's lives where we can say, I know no one like Pete Muller in the way that he can encourage people. I know no one like, um, you know, Bruce McKevitt with just the tender way that he has with people. I, we need to be people that, that get in each other's lives and know what that thing is that no one else has like them. Amen? The second thing I think a mentor really brings to our life or a Paul figure in our life is accountability, is accountability. And I, I'm going to change the definition of accountability right away. Um, I, I love Chris Valentin. He used this, and Pete, I think, has shared this before. But accountability is not holding up people for the bad things that they've done. But accountability is holding us to account for your ability. Holding you to account for your ability. After we're affirmed, we need someone to then hold us to account to that. 1 Timothy 6.20 says this, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. This is a regular theme in the life of Timothy. 
Paul says this so often to Timothy. We need people in our lives that are constantly holding us to account for our ability. He's saying, Timothy, you need to guard the thing that God has put inside of you. You need to not let it lie dormant. You need to, and we're going to explore that a little bit later. You need to guard this thing that God has given you. It's not enough to affirm someone in who they are. Hey, you are a great encourager. You're a great this, whatever it is. But you want to, a Paul figure will help encourage that person to, and they will hold them to account for the ability that they have. Second Timothy 1.6 says this, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We've talked about this scripture quite a few times in the last however many uh, year and a half. But what a powerful indictment of holding to account for someone's ability. He's saying, don't let the fire die that is inside of you. We need people in our lives that are breathing on that fire. Don't let the fire die that is inside of you. Fan it into flame. And, and I love this because it's going to the root of oftentimes why we don't possibly move further forward into the purposes of God is because there's some element of fear in that. There's some element of fear that's preventing us from moving into the fullness of what it is. God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Paul is encouraging Timothy, don't let fear be the thing guiding you. But you have God's spirit inside of you, which is is power. But it's not just power for the sake of power. It's with love and with self-control. It's that. That the Paul role in our lives calls us up to this higher standard that we can't call ourselves up to. It, this is the accountability is something that the power of this in my life is something that, that I was really, I knew there was a gap there, but it's kind of like when I was, uh, when we were moving the, the van with the mattress, you kind of know that a rope would be a good idea, but your idea seems good and you'll get there in the end. That's, that's one of the things I think about this specific category, not just pursuing a Paul, but when we're looking at intentionality and relationships, I think all of us can understand that it's a good idea to get more involved in one another's lives, but we actually think that we're probably going to be okay if we don't, that we, we kind of believe, actually, I'm, I'm okay with not going a little bit deeper because I'll probably get there in the end. But I think it's what an invaluable thing that a Paul can provide a Timothy when he's saying fan into flame the thing that God put inside of you. That's a powerful statement that we need in our lives. Once we've been affirmed for who we are, we need somebody holding us to account for our ability. And then when some of the things pop up in our lives that maybe aren't the healthiest, that maybe um, do need some, some adjustment, and somebody that's holding you accountable is not just there the police, but there's a reason why they're able to explain this behavior is not going to be good because God's called you to be this. It's a very different model of, I think, what we've seen as accountability. I have a problem and I'm just going to continue going to this person and telling them the problem that I've always been struggling with. But a Paul is going to hold you accountable in a way where they're going to call you up to a higher standard and explain why this, this little bit of mess is actually getting in the way of what God's called you to. That mess isn't the reason you get together. What he's called you to is the reason why you get together. The last thing is this. 
The third thing a mentor brings to your life is perspective. Is perspective. And, and I'm sure there's many other things. This is just what we're only trying to do is encourage you to go down the road of pursuing Paul's to being a Barnabas. Barnabas. Bruce Billington is going to talk a little bit more about pursuing a Paul next week. And then he's going to go into the idea of training a Timothy. Meaning, how do you get people that are have not gone as far on the journey? And how do you bring them along in that journey? And so Bruce is going to give us some insight into that. But at the very least, can we let this be an excuse for us to get more involved in one another's lives? Can we let this be an excuse to get more involved in the lives of the people that we see at work? These principles don't just apply for the community of faith, but people matter. And it's not enough to just, can, it's not enough to just talk with them. It's, we want to be intentional with what God is calling us. And that's what we're just trying to do is spur you on in the idea of, actually, I can have more of a difference. Actually, God, you have put something inside of me for me to impart and for me also to have others impart into me. We've talked about the need for vulnerability in this because it can be a very vulnerable space as well. But perspective is such a powerful thing. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12 says this, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I think where perspective matters the most is when you come across problems that you don't know how to navigate. I think when perspective matters the most is when you have this problem that you're not sure how to get through. And I think when you start the journey of going on, you know, you're holding the mattress on your car, it's a little bit too late to ask anyone for problems because we're pulled over to the side of the road waiting for the police car to drive past us. And my fingers are already starting to cramp up. And that's one of the things that we want to give permission to get involved in one another's lives early on. As you're starting to get and go and do whatever God's calling you to do, get some Paul's in your life to speak into what um, the fabric of what that is. But let's go back to this. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. We have a major problem here for Timothy. We have people that... If, if Paul is saying, let no one despise you for your youth, then we have people that are despising him for his youth. And I think one of the things that we often do is it's so easy to tackle this problem by yourself. But I think the power that a Paul brings, and this is like some serious alliteration, is to bring perspective into your life. The power that Paul brings is perspective. That could be a rap song. The Pauls are not going to be able to change the problems that you have. There's, there's more peas than I can count. But the Pauls are not going to be able to change the problems that you have. But they are going to be able to give you some perspective on how you can navigate those problems. We could have definitely used some perspective on how to navigate the problem of securing our mattress down to the roof of our car. But in the same way, what powerful advice that oftentimes when you get despised for something or when you have your haters or when you have a problem that's in front of you, the way that we navigate it is quite important. I personally used to think that if I had a Paul in my life, if I had those people, they would come in and they would be big and bad and they would tell those problems to go away. But in fact, a Paul is going to be bring perspective on how to navigate that and what powerful perspective this Paul has brought. He says, let no one despise you for your youth. But he's, he's not telling them what to tell the haters or what to tell the despisers. He's telling them, what should you do in response to that? He's saying, 
Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And he goes on to say that let all people see the change that happens inside of you. Paul is not as concerned about the things that Timothy is doing, but he's concerned about his character and where he goes and his response to those people. When we're looking at a Paul in our lives, we're not looking, and I really want to encourage us to go a level deeper that we all struggle so significantly with so many problems. We need perspective of people that have gone through those problems before us. We're not the only ones. There's nothing new under the sun. But if we don't get involved in one another's lives, then we have a plethora of experience and a plethora of perspective that's never getting shared. Just to kind of summarize, and I, I hope we're encouraged to get involved in one another's lives, and I hope we can set up a culture here where we reach out to one another to speak into our lives. And I would, I would suspect that we will change roles often, and I hope we do, that at times somebody will be a mentor-like figure for you, and at times somebody will be a Barnabas for you, and at times you might need to be a Timothy, and you might need to be learning from the same person that you taught something and something else. This is not one person that has it all, but that we're a body of believers and we need one another in our lives. And we need to start getting involved in the lives of the people that we see on a regular basis in our families, in our, in our coworkers. And why we always keep harping on this, because it's on our heart to see this place transformed, but not just this place, but wherever you are. What Pete was saying is so true that our heart is continuing to burn for see God's purposes to be established in your life. This isn't some cute and, and silly little thing that we're doing, but we're saying we want to get involved in one another's lives. We want to be imparting on a new level. We want to be open and receptive to receiving on a new level. We don't want to play church. Amen. And so that, let that be an encouragement, and I hope there's some helpful tools and some helpful perspective. But to pursue a Paul, some of the things that a Paul or a mentor figure brings into your life is affirmation. They can call, they can remind you of who God's called you to be, and then they can give you some tools on how to walk that out. They can give you accountability. They're going to hold you to account for the ability that God has given you. They're going to remind you, don't let that fire die. Keep pushing. Keep going through. And the final thing that of my little list, and there's many, many more, is they're able to bring you perspective, specifically perspective on problems that are so hard to navigate. 